Okay, episode four. This week we've got another engineer, this time Thea Morgan, who teaches engineering design. We talk about what is design, how do you teach it, and why she loves her job so much. And we also put to bed the idea of engineers as these antisocial, non-creative people. Um, we met in Queen's Cafe, so there is a bit of uh, ambience in the background. Some beeping microwaves, loud baristas. That is my cat. Um, <laughs> he's just adding to the ambience. Um, yeah, but anyway, I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. Let us know what you think on Twitter at LWID underscore UOB. I'm a teaching fellow on the engineering design program um, in the Faculty of Engineering. I mainly teach on the design project in years two and four and five. Um, so yeah, so I, do, I also do research in engineering education as well. Cool, nice. So what, how did you get into engineering and design? Um, so I did an undergraduate degree in engineering design because um, I'd always really loved science subjects and practical stuff and making things and understanding how the world works. But I've always been quite a creative person as well and that just seemed to be a good combination. So I did that as an undergraduate. And then I did a PhD and I guess I got quite interested in the kind of philosophical side of design you know what does it mean to design how do you create something new it's it's not a subject that can be taught um, there's no set prescription for how you can be creative how you can innovate how you can come up with something new but yet it's something that's really important to so many subjects and it's something that's so important to the future well-being of society particularly when we're facing these sort of big global challenges so it's a really important ability for our students to have, but how do we teach it? So anyway, that, that, my PhD ended up focusing on that, is how do we understand design, um, how can we best teach design, um, how can design happen most effectively our industry, so that we can come up with these really creative solutions to these big problems that we're facing. Very cool. Nice. So how, how would you define design then? Uh, yeah, it's a really good question <laughs> and I quite dislike that, that question <laughs> because I find it really hard to answer. Um, so most people probably think design is drawing. Okay. Um, it's about aesthetics, it's about creating something pretty, which there is that whole side of it and design covers such a wide spectrum of, of, of things from architecture or interior design right across to engineering design. Mm -hmm. But even with the kind of more aesthetic subjects like interior design, effectively it's all the same thing. It's about taking a some kind of a brief, a problem, someone's posed a problem and you've got to interpret that problem, you've got to define it, bound it in some way 
um, and come up with a creative answer to it. Mm -hmm. One that hasn't, I mean, we're talking about innovative creative design, an answer that hasn't existed before. Yeah. And that is the fascinating bit, is how, do you, how can you come up with something that is genuinely completely new? Yeah. Um, so that, to me, that's what design is. Did I in any way answer that question? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's drawing things. Yeah. Dra drawing is, is a method. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a way of being creative. It's a way of communicating. It's, it's certainly a skill that you is useful in design, but it's not design. Design is the, the generation of some, or the creation of something new. That is how I would define design. Whatever context that's in, whether it's engineering design or interior design or graphic design or architecture, it's taking a problem situation and from it generating a new creative answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, because you specialize in engineering design, so what kind of scope do you cover? So you said, is interdisciplinary amongst the engineering kind of students. Yeah. So what what does that cover from? A, a lot of things that okay. covers. So so our students can pick streams in civil, mechanical, or aero in their second year. Although they do continue to do quite a wide range of subjects. So they end up doing projects in a really diverse range of things. So sometimes it can be kind of quite product design focused. So it may be like design designing a new product for an elderly person to allow them to stay living in their own home for longer mm -hmm. um, or it could be the design of a new airport mm -hmm. which then becomes much more about a huge different aspect so it's a physical design of a building but it's also the design of people flows yeah, through yeah. an airport um, the design of the customer experience. Mm -hmm. um, there's sort of more big mechanical design projects, like the design of wind turbine, offshore wind turbines, designing, just trying to think of some of the projects we've done. So our second year project this year um, that we did with our students was to design an agribot. So, okay, um, a little autonomous robot that can um, precision fertilize maize plants. So it travels under the canopy of a maize crop and it can tell whether the plant needs fertilizer or not by looking at the color of its leaves. And then it applies a precision amount of fertilizer at the base of the plant. So there's no wastage of fertilizer, um, uh, which is good for the environment. There's much less compaction of soil because you don't have to use big um, agricultural machinery. You don't have to wreck hedgerows. So it's just such a wide variety of projects. So from huge, complex airport design, airplane design to small scale product design, very varied. <laughs> So you you love teaching it, but have you designed anything? Do you do you have a thing like? Are you more aero design or are you more tiny robot design? Like, do you have a preference? So at the beginning of my PhD, my PhD was originally based in industry. Mm -hmm. So for three years, I worked for a renewable energy design consultancy where we designed wave and tidal machines. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, which generally, depending on the project, got up to the kind of full-scale or semi-scale prototype uh, stage. Um, so that's, I guess that's quite a sort of mechanical design background. 
Um, and in my undergraduate degree, my final year pro, um, project was the design of a, of a wave, offshore okay. wave machine. Yeah. So that's where I started out, very much mechanical design, renewable energy, offshore design. And so that does often crop up within the degree programme because it's a very relevant area yeah, yeah, of, course. Um, of, of design, renewable energy. But I would say part of the reason that my PhD, although it started in that area, I was trying to understand how you can better design those kinds of machines because they're so novel, yeah. they're so new. How can you more effectively go about creatively designing them so you don't end up wasting very small amounts of government funding mm. that you're more likely to get that product off the ground and make mm -hmm. a success? So I went from that kind of scope in my PhD to this much broader scope of how do you understand design more generally, but more importantly, how do you teach design? It's such a difficult subject to teach. How do you teach innovation? How do you teach design? So kind of in answer to your original question, do I have a preference? Do I kind of have a specific focus of design? That was my background, but actually what I find most interesting is this sort of much, much bigger scale questions about design. Um, and what is universal about design in any of those contexts, the airport design, the wave energy design, the product for the elderly person, what is universal in those situations and how can you teach students to become good at doing that? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's what I find fascinating. Okay. Um, so you know what I'm going to ask you now then, how do you teach students? <laughs> Very good question. So you can't teach them facts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can teach them lots of useful facts about how to do maths, lots of engineering science. That's all necessary in order to be a good designer. You need to have all of that um, at your beck and call, you know, how to yeah. um, calculate, you know, bending stresses on a beam or whatever. But it's how do you take all that factual knowledge and then creatively translate it into a new idea that has that real value and, and benefit. So that's the bit that I'm trying to teach that is, is difficult. Yeah, yeah. So there are lots of design methods you can use. Some of them are useful in certain contexts, not useful in other contexts. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, none of these methods do the design for you. Yeah. Really, they're just ways of helping you understand the design context better. They're often that their main benefit really is in helping facilitate conversation mm -hmm. within the team because it's almost always a team that does design, not individuals, especially these days. So methods help facilitate a conversation and it's that, that's where the design emerges. So really for me, what design boils down to is being a good designer equates to being a good learner. Mm -hmm. okay. Designing is about learning your way to a solution. You're given the problem or you find a problem and you've got to learn about the context, the immediate context, the wider context, you know, the people involved, what different technological applications might be of use in that context, how you can, you can develop it in, in an appropriate direction, learning always from the mistakes as you go along, what works, what doesn't work. Um, so it's learning your way, it's being perceptive, it's being open to the situation, it's being reflective, um, it's understanding what are those assumptions that we've all been making about how to solve this problem that are holding us back. How can we crack open this situation so that new ideas can come in or a completely different way of approaching this problem can be found? Um, 
So teaching our students how to think in those ways, to think like a designer, that is, that's how you teach design. So you've yes. done, not by teaching procedures or facts, but by encouraging a way of viewing the world and a way of being, a way of thinking about problems. Um, <laughs> again, how on earth do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Um, through experience, through doing projects, really is the only way. But whilst doing projects, encouraging that critical kind of thinking about the situation, encouraging um, the development of kind of lifelong learning skills, we call them self-regulated learning skills, encouraging that reflection, that constant ongoing conversation in your head about, okay, so what have we got here? Does this work? Why doesn't this work? What's the wider context? Um, how have I used this method? How is this useful or not useful? Um, so the kind of the teaching approaches that I'm, I try to use and do my research in are these experiential problem-based learning approaches, integrating reflection very much into my teaching, um, and the development of these self-regulated lifelong learning skills. We need them to be lifelong learners because that is what a designer is and that yeah. is what a designer is good at. They are very good at learning their way through their career yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to encourage is taking ownership of your own learning yeah, yeah. and active learning, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, educational buzzwords, whatever, but active <laughs> learning in authentic contexts is, yeah, yeah. is yeah, how, how you learn. And I guess, again, going into like educational buzzwords, I guess like growth mindset is a thing as well, right? So yeah, everything absolutely. good happens outside of your comfort zone, so you can't stick to what you know, you have to keep pushing that boundary until that's how you learn right absolutely you learn through making mistakes yeah um yeah. so you, you have to put yourself in difficult and uncomfortable situations where you are going to fail because that's then how you learn but i have to say i find that um the students who take engineering design tend to be very proactive switched on enthusiastic keen individuals yeah. I, I, maybe it's the subject matter um I don't, I'm not quite sure why, but they, we tend not to get students who are not interested in feedback. Mm. We tend to have the opposite problem to students who are... Wanting too much feedback. Yeah, <laughs> constantly asking questions, constantly yeah. want to know how they can do better, aren't afraid to fail, actually, mm. um, and you take on board feedback. And so every time they do a project, whatever, you see like massive improvements, mm. they were doing well already, because they, they're, they're curious and they're listening and they're learning and they want to learn. Mm. Um, so they're a joy to teach. And maybe that's partly why I love my job so much. Maybe if I had more difficult students, I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> they, it certainly helps. Um, teaching a really enthusiastic, switched on bunch of young people mm. who all want to be there. Awesome. Uh, it, it's honestly, it's it's a joy, and I, that's I really enjoy that. That's so. amazing. So, what's your what's your average day then? So, what when you come in to work, what what's your day look like? Uh, there is absolutely no such thing as an average day. Every day is completely different. Um, so it partly depends on the time of year, whether the students are here or not. Summer is obviously completely different mm -hmm. to, to term time. I also work part time, and so some days I work from home, um, or, or I don't work. I do my other job, which is being a mum. Okay, um, yeah. So um, every day is different in that respect, but also. Um, what I'm teaching is changing all the time. 
So on a typical term time day, say I might come in, I might have a tutorial with my first years or second years, which is really nice, because generally we just chat about what's, what's going on. They're not kind of hugely academic, it's just a way of, of building those relationships with the students, which is what I think is really important about tutorials. Then I might have some, some meetings, some kind of staff type meetings, you know, departmental meetings. Then I might have some time to kind of sit and plan some teaching marketing later, or read some papers, or plan some research that I'm going to be doing, or maybe I might go to a training course, um, maybe I'm going to a conference, maybe I'm coming to speak on a podcast. <laughs> um, it's just such a huge variety of things, honestly, no two days are ever the same and I think that is that's another big factor in why I enjoy my job, it's just constantly changing day to day, through the year, year by year, different cohorts are always different, the projects we do are different, how they respond to the projects is always different. Um, always constantly changing and I just find that so kind of refreshing and invigorating. Um, I think a job that was very repetitive day to day I would switch off from more quickly whereas there's no opportunity to switch off from a job that is different all the time which is what uh, I love about it. You're always on your toes, yeah. you never yeah. know what to expect. No exactly, That's so always good. learning, always learning. Always learning, <laughs> yeah this is going to be our little tagline for this podcast now, yeah. always learning. Um, so what is your favourite thing if you had to sum it all up for one thing? Oh goodness, what is my favourite thing? I think it has got to be watching the students achieve things that they didn't think was possible. So they start off their second year and they've got a load of kind of factual knowledge from the first year. They've, a lot of them have done practical stuff before or not that much project work. And they get to the end of second year and they've built some amazing robot. They've done this amazing design project. We have a demo day which is loads of fun. We always make loads of effort to like build some kind of like real uh, setup. So this year, me and my colleague Merv spent ages creating these fake maize plants. So we had this like fake maize field. We got loads of bark in to be like the soil. Yeah. So we had this maize field up in the lab. Um, and then we got um, the programme director, Paul Harper, to come in and be the farmer. So we had a little farmer's hat on. Um, so he was the client, he's Agribots. Um, and it was just great, it was brilliant. The students got really into it, they were so proud of the work that they'd done and the robots were absolutely amazing. Um, so it, it was that, it, it's, it's seeing them achieve this amazing thing and you can just see it, they're like, I've done this, we've done this together. And I, I love that, I absolutely love it. Amazing. So what is your worst thing there? Um, I'd have to say it's when the cafe runs out of sushi and I have to have a sandwich. I oh. really hate packet sandwiches. It's really disappointing. It's outrageous. Yeah. They need to like put some aside for you every um, day. I should put in that request. And they also tend to stop doing it during holiday time. It's like they think only the students eat the sushi. What? I, I eat sushi. I would write a firmly worded letter. Or just an email <laughs> and be like, um, excuse me, yeah, teachers like sushi as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'd, I'd say that is probably the worst thing. Um, I, think, I think in all seriousness, but I was trying to think of a worst thing. Mm. 
I really don't think there is one. I, I, I would have said marking, but actually I quite, I, I, I even enjoy the marking. So generally what I'm marking is design projects. And I love seeing what the students have done. I love reading about, you know, their thought processes, why they made this design choice or that one, or what they've come up with. So it's, even that's no hardship. So, can I say nothing? Yeah. Absolutely. Or we'll stick with the sushi. Sushi, yeah. <laughs> if that's the thing that puts the downer on your day, that it can be the worst it thing. Is. Yes. <laughs> soggy I, sandwich puts a downer oh, on your day. Man. <laughs> no, that that put a downer on anyone's day, I think. <laughs> so are there any common myths or misconceptions about design that kind of annoy you or you want to put straight like any I don't know, like in popular culture, are there any misrepresentations where you're watching a film or something and you're like, it's not like that? Yeah, well, I think generally design is, see is seen as a, a kind of an, an aesthetic thing. It's about making things look pretty, mm -hmm. um, which it absolutely isn't. But I think what's a, more of an issue, I think particularly within engineering and something our students come in with often is a perception that design is it's just a, a series of, of, of steps that you need to follow that there's some kind of set prescription out there that if someone would just tell them what that was yeah that you just follow it and you get to the correct design solution like there is one correct optimal solution and somehow we're with withholding the means to get there because we won't just give them this sort of set of steps to do it yeah yeah um and and i think actually for kind of non non-design engineers who are kind of very focused on engineering sciences there's perhaps that perception too that because maybe engineering science is very much about facts and processes and what you know one correct solution or one optimal solution that design surely operates in the same way um but it but it doesn't uh, design knowledge is is tacit knowledge it's not explicit knowledge um it's not about truth and right or wrong, it's about meaning. It's just about creating, constructing knowledge um, and creating meaning. What is more or less appropriate design in a particular context, not what is the correct design or what are the logical steps to get there? What are the right calculations that I need to do to spit out the right answer? Yeah, yeah. That is science and design is not science. Mm -hmm. It absolutely isn't science. So I guess it's the science Scientizing? That is not a word. <laughs> I like it. Scientizing. Okay. Scientificating? Sure. Yeah, scientification of. A quick Google has revealed that scientification and scientizing can both be used in this context. It's good to know. Of, of, <laughs> of a subject that is not a science, it is an art. But, but it involves a lot of science knowledge, knowledge of math, knowledge of science, knowledge of people, knowledge of society, um, a huge array of knowledge which then has to be brought together in a creative way. And it's that bringing together of all that, of that science knowledge creatively is an art, not a science. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the misconception within engineering circles yeah, yeah. is that you could if you could just um condense it down to a set formula yeah then it would make everyone's life easier and then we could also teach it here you go here's the set formula yeah. um 
So that, I guess that's the myth that from year one I'm trying to bust with the students is there is no set formula. It's an art and so you just have to experience design and to learn how to develop your own artistry in the subject. That's definitely changed, I mean just from talking to you, I, you've completely changed my idea of what engineering and design is because when we were talking to James Norman yesterday and I was saying I think of engineering as like a what I would call a grey subject, like you don't think of it as being particularly creative but from talking to you I'm like I want to do engineering, <laughs> this sounds amazing, like I'd love to to learn all those, well not learn those things, but explore all those things and it just sounds exciting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hugely creative. Yeah. Like, it's no good knowing loads of science facts. No. If you can't then creatively apply them to a real world situation that involves people. Like, so, the, uh, the other second year project this year was about designing street lighting for refugee camps. Okay. And that was a very human centered problem because it was all about um, kind of safety and perceptions of safety in the camp. The fact that the lights have to be easily maintainable by the local population because they take ownership of, of the lights ultimately, so they'll maintain them. And that they had to design them with some additional functionality that would benefit the local community. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of them came up with things like kind of seating around the base or like basketball hoops on the side or um, phone charging points. So they... They had the technical know-how about, yeah, yeah. you know, the electrics, the kind of the structural aspects of building a 10-meter-tall mast to put light on, the kind of the energy that they needed to generate from the solar panels. They they had all of that, but really none of that would be of any use without understanding what are the needs of people who are living in a refugee camp for five, 10, 15 years, who raise families in refugee camps, who literally fear for their lives at night because there's no light and there is lots of um, um, gender-based crime. Um, what, what could benefit the, the local community in terms of education and community activities? So it's that creative answer to that problem whilst utilizing your engineering knowledge. And I thought that, and the students, loved that project. They absolutely loved the fact that they were having to design for people yeah, yeah, yeah. and that the, the thing that they designed would, would have the potential to so hugely benefit people's lives. Um, so that's, I think, is what's really exciting yeah. about engineering design, particularly for our students. Well, it was like we were talking about earlier when we were saying engineers are kind of almost known for not being particularly people people. <laughs> no social skills. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> if like you're numbers. working with people, you must do, right? You, if you're working with people for and for people. Yeah, absolutely. That must make you people people. <laughs> yeah. Well I definitely yeah, I'd say it is actually a total mess. Or in my experience anyway, that engineers are socially inept and not people people. They I think engineers are often very curious mm -hmm. people, perceptive people, people who want to change things, who enjoy being creative. Mm. And I think that actually often lends itself to being good with people because they're enthusiastic about the world around them and curious about the world around them and curious about other people or how people interact with the world around them. So yeah, my experience is that, you know, as engineers, we're very sociable. <laughs> good. That's been my experience as well, so that's awesome. Um, so you, you were saying about um, 
being curious. And I remember on our innovation thing, we had to do a bit on good design and bad design and had to explore the building and find a piece of good design and a piece of bad design and explain why. Do you do that in your day-to-day life? Do you go into somewhere and like, I don't know, look at something and be like, oh, I don't know. Or look at something else and be like, that is genius. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm just trying to think of an an example recently. There was something the other day where I was like, that is shockingly bad (laughs) design. Why is it? Oh, I can't think now. But yeah, definitely. I've definitely heard the the kind of trope that if you have to put a sign on it, it's bad design. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you need to explain how something works, often it's not a good design. I mean, obviously some things that will have to be explained, but... um. So, what, we're kind of future thinking now, what direction do you see kind of engineering design taking? Well, that, I mean, so engineering design, it's such a, a broad subject in that sense. So it talks about kind of the different kinds of projects mm. that our students are involved in, um, and the kind of different aspects of design and the different scales of design. So really, it's everything and anything. Um, so obviously, there's kind of big key challenges in society. Obviously, there's kind of a population growth, an aging population. Mm. We have a lot more elderly people who kind of need additional support. Um, we have the challenge of renewable energy, um, challenge of, of cars and planes that need to be kind of um, sustainable. We have antibiotic resistance, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be a big issue. Agriculture, how can we make agriculture more efficient because yeah. we've got more and more people but no more land. Yeah, yeah. We need to make massive gains in efficiency in the way that we grow food if it's going to uh, meet the the needs of, of people, mm-hmm. and the current farming methods cannot do that. There has to be a radical change in mm-hmm. how farming is done and what we eat. So these are just a few examples of where mm-hmm. engineering design can make a massive impact because it's all about completely rethinking the way we approach any of those things, rethinking how farming is done, having swarms of agribots. Um, that are rented out to farms at particular times of year. You know, it's it's a completely radical technology, but it's also a radical business model. Yeah. You know, renting out robots to a service model rather yeah. than you know farmers buying robots. Um, so it's it, it, it it's radically rethinking the way that we do certain things in society to help solve these major yeah, yeah. problems. So that's. It's not one direction, but it's how how can we be even more creative mm. in the way that we approach solutions, and how can we be very creative in the way that we teach our students to think like designers. Yeah. So, so personally, the future of, 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 of I suppose of my focus focus is is that how. How do we more effectively teach our students to become lifelong learners who are curious, enthusiastic, um, and who question the world around them with with a real critical mind? Um, How can how can I, we as a team, teach or help the students to learn so they can go out into the world and solve all those problems? Mm -hmm. Yes, I guess yeah, there isn't a direction because 
But if someone comes up with something completely innovative and new and original, it's going to take a massive corner or, you know, like a massive hairpin bend and we're going to head in a direction that no one ever thought of before. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, So we're going to kind of go on to innovation and entrepreneurship. We've kind of covered it a bit with innovation because design is innovation, right? Um, but what what are they, what do these words mean to you? What is your definition of those? So we kind of covered what what design, what I think design is. Yeah. Um, so innovation, um, I guess it's that it's that application of design, of that the, the application of, of creativity to create value for people. It, it's taking that creative idea or that creative design and actually making it work. For, you know, for people to benefit people mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be in a monetary way. So yeah, that it yeah. doesn't have to, to to make money for a business. I guess maybe that's where the where the definition definition of entrepreneurship would come mm-hmm. in. Um, but it's the the practical application of creative ideas. I guess. Okay, nice. I like it. So entrepreneurship then you're saying is the kind of making a business from it. Yes. Yeah. I. I guess I, I think that would be my interpretation yeah. of it. Is that how do you make it work finan- financially? How mm-hmm. do you take a creative idea, apply it in a way that can benefit people, and then make it a financially viable business proposition to be- to, to, to benefit economically from from that good idea? Yeah. Which obviously is we need we need to do that. It's no good just having kind of great ben- benevolent, benevolent great ideas. You know, we yeah, need yeah. a strong economy. People need to make money from from new ideas. Yeah. Do you think it should be encouraged in a way, though, that kind of not making a profit from it, but kind of doing it in a way that keeps it sustainable? Like, yeah, but it can't. Everything can't just be profit driven. Yeah. That can't be the core definition of entrepreneurship. That yeah. you're, it's translation of an idea into a financially viable kind of yeah. business that is driven by profits yeah. it's got to be a wider for the for the common good yeah so the common good and does it involve making money and does it even involve making profit because businesses can't survive without making some profit yeah, yeah. you know that's a particular business model it means a certain, some um, businesses or organizations are not for profit that's a different business model um, but I think it's about understanding entrepreneurship as 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 making money for, for the for the common good, mm-hmm. or um, yeah, okay, and not profit for profit's sake. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But like something that. financially viable so that it can benefit humanity. Yeah, it can benefit society. There has to be kind of some kind of social responsibility mm-hmm. in there, um, in the way that we design and sell things and and the, the kind of business models that we use there has to be some kind of sense of social responsibility beyond profit for profit's sake nice i like that so how do you stay in the loop how do you learn about new things and oh all over the place mm-hmm. um students actually are a huge source of kind of relevant information about stuff because they're curious and they're always finding out about stuff so kind of in terms of, of, of like companies and technological kind of innovations I often hear about things from students um, in terms of kind of research obviously I read a lot of papers mm-hmm. I go to conferences I present my own research mm-hmm. 
um, talking to my colleagues and talking to colleagues from other institutions, particularly at conferences, because mm. then you're kind of having a, a global interaction um, in the subject area. Um, so yes, that's what I'd, I'd say. Nice. Oh, I keep keep relevant. I keep keep relevant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and do you, have you got any exciting future projects? Anything? I say, are you, are you still researching? Yeah, so I do actually. So I've just been awarded um, a built university teaching fellowship. Mm -hmm. So it's like a two year research, it's called a teaching fellowship, it's actually a research fellowship effectively, okay. um, which will allow me to do um, some education research. Yeah. So I'm going to do a project the next two years um, looking at how group. Um, digital learning diaries which students keep um, within project-based learning mm -hmm. units can help them to develop those, those lifelong learning skills I was talking about, so yeah. socially shared self-regulated learning skills, how they're effectively learning to become better learners within that context of group projects, experiential learning. Um, so I'm really excited about that, that starts in August. Um, and yeah, hopefully it will it will come up with some interesting things yeah. um, about how we can kind of better support or facilitate students in those contexts to learn more deeply, yeah. um, um, to become more effective learners, particularly in that kind of group context. Because mm. there's a lot of evidence to show that the students themselves motivate each other yeah. to become better learners. It's not it's not the teachers. So much as the influence they have on each other, sort of that sense of being competitive, that yeah. sense of wanting to kind of impress each other, or just that, that good feeling that comes out of achieving something as a group. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, research looking at that basically. Oh, wow. So, the digital diary, so it'd be people would write, kind of reflect on their work, but it's accessed by everyone in the group? Yeah, so we've got okay. these two great new studios here in Queen's. Mm. Um, they're quite small rooms, but they're set up with, um, you may have seen them elsewhere in the university, but like these sort of pods. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think we've got them in the innovation. You might, yeah, you might have. They've got a whole load of them in the new Ivy Gate building oh, in, yeah, yeah. in Royal Gardens. So it's like a leaf shape table, mm. and that the leaf shape is, is very specific because it helps facilitate group work. Okay. I thought I'm about the leaf shape. Nice. Um, and then at one end is a big, big screen. Yeah. Um, but then they've also got um, a huge surface studio, they're called. So, like a big tablet, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, which has got like sketching software on it and CAD modeling software. Oh. So, they all sit around it, so they can see some work up on the big screen, but they're also like drawing on the screen, making notes, and it's big, so they can all kind of do it together. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that as a group, put, they can put in things into their learning diary that are in all different formats. It could be sketches, Ooh. it could be handwritten notes, it could be videos, it could be audio, it could even be their CAD models. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, so as they're there designing, they're basically also keeping this kind of group um, diary about how they're learning and what they're learning as they're going. That's really cool. um, so it's a means to capture how they're learning. Yeah. Also, the, the, the kind of the, the act of putting these things in and as a group and discussing yeah. them together actually helps facilitate that learning. But it's also then a way to assess that learning because when we look at things like problem-based learning uh, or projects, it's important to understand what, 
what is it that we're assessing? Mm. Are we just assessing the output of the project, i.e. the little robot they've designed yeah, or the yeah. report, which is all well and good, we should assess these things, mm. but we also want to assess the learning that's going on. Mm -hmm. And it might be a group does a huge amount of learning and it's been brilliant and they've worked really hard and they've worked well together, but actually the robot they've come out with at the end hasn't worked. Yeah. Well, do we want to give them a terrible mark and say, well, you worked really hard, you had great ideas, but it, on this occasion it kind of didn't, it failed? Yeah, yeah. We, that's the opposite of what we want to say. So yeah. we want to say, brilliant, it failed. You learned so much together yeah, yeah. from doing that. No one cares that it failed. You learned, that was a learning yeah, yeah. opportunity. What we want to assess is, is, the, is the learning, that lifelong yeah, yeah. learning that went on and give you credit for that. Yeah, so yeah. again, the... The, the learning group learning diaries are potentially a future way to assess the development of those skills and mm. award credit for it, or at least use it as a way to formatively assess students. Mm. They use it as a way to have a conversation with the students about their learning. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of two-way interaction. So that's that's really where I'm hoping yeah. the, the research will, will go. I really like that. It's like showing you working out in a maths exam, right? You don't well, get all your points for the answer, you just you still get points for you working out. Yes, yes, that's quite a good analogy. Yeah. It's showing working out in design, yeah. like your thought processes, particularly your thought processes as a, as a group. Yeah, you're learning how you, how you, so we don't care about the mistakes. Yeah. We love the mistakes. Growth mindset. Oh, I love uh, it. We just want to see how, how you learn, basically. That's awesome. It's really, it's so exciting. I love, yeah, that's the thing. That's. Oh, that's what I think education should be about as well because like I was saying it's upsetting to see people striving towards that end goal and just trying to get there whatever means and yeah. it really is without making any mistakes and being perfect all the yeah. time yeah it should be about the learning and the process and the journey oh that's so cliche <laughs> it's about the learning journey you should learn enjoy well. the journey um, <laughs> yeah well what's funny my students laugh at me because I am constantly banging on about it's a learning experience and every time they kind of mess something up or they don't know the answer or whatever, they know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, hey, but have you learned something from it? It's been a learning experience. I'm like, oh, yeah. Exactly. That's life, isn't it? Anything yeah. is a learning experience. Yeah. When the cafe doesn't have sushi, you've learned <laughs> that maybe you should pack a lunch. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're so right. But still, I never do. Just because I can't make sushi. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, to be fair, that's hard. Maybe I should learn. Maybe I should learn. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for having a talk with me. No, it's thank been you. A pleasure. Likewise. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Any social media, books, any papers we should read? Um, I would say go and have a look at what the Engineering Education Research Group is doing so it's a research group that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. um, so the other people in the group are all doing really interesting projects just like the one that I described um, and we've got a blog mm -hmm. um, so I've written a bit about my research in one of the blog posts on there and I think there's a picture of, of one of those studios that I talked about with the, with the pods and leaf shaped tables. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say go and have a look on our website and there's loads of links to papers that people in our group have published which would uh, tell you even more about the research we're doing. So. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And good luck with your research and enjoy the rest of your summer. Yeah.
right what a lovely lady during that conversation i swear i was welling up at points because she was just so happy and so passionate and so excited about what she did it was just lovely wonderful wonderful person and i hope the cafe stocks more sushi so she can still get some for lunch um if you want to visit the website she mentioned it's bris.ac.uk forward slash engineering forward slash research forward slash eerg that's the engineering education research group um you can let me know what you think about the podcast on twitter at lwyd underscore uob um yeah thanks for sticking out for four episodes guys feel like we're getting the hang of this now um stay tuned for the next episode and yeah see you later